Welcome to the Family Biz Show. According to Family Enterprise USA, family businesses in the U.S. account for over 64% of GDP and employ 62% of the workforce. In other words, they are the backbone of our economy. But success doesn't come easy. Only 13% are operating in the third generation. The Family Biz Show is here to help. Listen in weekly to hear stories from other family businesses and industry thought leaders so that you and your family not only survive, but thrive. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Family Biz Show. I'm your host, Michael Columbus from Family Wealth and Legacy in Rochester, New York. And we are super excited to be bringing you uh, an incredible show. We're going to be talking about vision and creating a vision for transition um, within the family business that you know can really impact not just your life, but your entire team's life and your entire family's life. And we're joined by Chris Yonker today. And uh, just welcome, Chris. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you very much. So we have kind of a tradition on the show when we get started. Um, What I have found is that it's very few and far between did somebody start their career saying, I'm going to go to school and I can't wait to serve family businesses. Um, And I would love to hear kind of, you know, what was the Chris Yonker journey to get to the point where, you know, family businesses were on your radar? Okay. Um, well, let's see. Uh, yeah, it, it's one of those things that found me. Um, the, the, the history is I started in sales, working at 3M, worked at 3M for actually over 25 years. Um, and then somewhere, let's say 10, 12 years ago, I'd started doing some uh, called co- private coaching. Uh, it was probably more life coaching at the time. And then, then I, a few years behind that, I started uh, taking my experience helping businesses grow up, uh, working at 3M and working on strategy and sales and execution, taking that and bringing it into the small, medium business and helping small, medium businesses scale and grow, uh, leveraging that. Well, then what I found was, is that I, I, the, the health of the organization would pull back the strategies we would implement. And it was like, well, w- wait a minute, like if, if, if the if this place if in regards to like people don't trust each other they're not open they're not creating accountability it just was creating a lot of issues so I started studying Patrick Lencioni's work bringing that work in and then that led to well uh, I realized that the mindset of the owner the founder the CEO that controlled things as well in a massive way and I couldn't out I couldn't outdo their paradigms if you will and so um, I trained with um, so, uh, named Wyatt Woodsmall, someone who initially trained Tony Robbins when Tony started, when Tony was working on personal power. And I became a practitioner in neuro-linguistic programming, which is the science of behavior change. And I started bringing that into my work. And so now I, was, I went from someone who was focused on one thing to someone who was holistically focusing on growing an organization 360. Well, so I was working with a client and he had said, he was a financial, a very large financial advisory firm. And he said, you know, I've got a family business and they're, they're, they've got a problem. This isn't problems. And he says a father and um, he has three, three, I'll call them kids, but the next generation, they weren't kids sure. and they are young adults. And he said, they're, they're stuck. And I've got an attorney involved and we're trying to figure out they've got several businesses and we can't get on the same page. And I said, oh, okay. He goes, I'd like you to come in and see if you could work with them. And I'm like, well, I don't do family business. And he's like, this, 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 this is irrelevant. He said, I just c- come in and, and see if you can see where they're stuck. And I think you can help them. So I went in and I could see where they were stuck. And, I st- and so I just, I, I literally, like I framed out an engagement and just, and it's like, okay, well, here's how I work. And, and I just did it out of my head whiteboarded it. And then we signed an agreement the next day and started. And then that led um, to other, other referrals, other engagements over the years. And now a majority of our business is, is family business. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I mean, and that's very typical in this industry 
Um, you know, it's funny. I'm the a little a little the opposite. I got in, interested in family businesses because my father and I were in business, mm. and so I joined um, a family business support group. I'll call it that was you know part of my local sure. chamber. And you know, 20 years ago, I was you know the traditional you know uh, wealth advisor. And um, so when I joined the group, it was kind of like the, you know, they're holding up the cross, go away, financial advisor, you're not allowed in this group. And I'm like, no, but I really need you. And it was great because, you know, I just turned off anything other than, you know, focusing on what I was going through with the relationship with my father. And it was really helpful. And that little piece was just like, you really want to, you know, there's other people out there that are going through exactly the same stuff. Um, You said, and I, I want, I think this is super important. The very first client that, you know, was a family business, you said you could see where they were stuck. Can you, yeah. without divulging any information, can you yeah. paint that picture of what stuck looked yeah. like for so, them? So basically, yeah. So there, there's a situation where it was, um, there's, so there's three, three siblings. One of them um, had been with, in, the, in one of the primary businesses, for the long haul, kind of grew up in the business. And um, they, he, so he, he was, he was kind of, kind of, he wasn't, you know, his, they say the dad was the CEO and he was like the number two. Well, years had gone by and his brother um, was studying and doing some other things in business and decided he wanted to come back to the family business. So he went to his dad and his, and he had, he had quite, grown some pretty strong leadership skills. So his dad brought him into the business and made him the other brother's boss. Ooh. And his brother brother was kind of upset about that because I've been here. I've been the loyal one, you know? So it kind of reminds us a story of the Bible almost. Of the, the, <laughs> anyway. Um, so the, uh, the sister who was involved with the business, well, she was, but she wasn't. She was um, drawing a good six-figure income um, working extremely part-time doing something that you could hire someone for, I don't know, $10,000 a year. And then, so there was animosity about that. And so everyone had, everyone's at this table with this animosity with one another, but no one was willing to talk about the animosity. And so it's like, the, and then, and then, so they're, they're showing up at odds about trying to figure out how do we navigate who does what and what business, you know, and, and, and with all this, the property and real estate holdings and everything else, there already, there was already, you know, it's like, you, you can't, you can ignore and avoid what's going on, right? It's like, it's like having high blood pressure and just ignoring it, you know, for so long until you, you end up at a crossroads, right? And that's, that's kind of where, where things were, were at. And, and when, when I, when, when we got to the, the heart of it. So, you know, for the sake of the listener, describe this company a little bit, if you don't mind. Um, and again, without, you know, just a, the, the picture, we've got three siblings, yep. we got dad. Yep. This is a, it sounds like, you know, multiple businesses and pretty successful. Are we talking, right. you know, a company that's doing over $10 million a year? Oh, 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 yeah. I mean, we're talking collectively, it's probably, I mean, probably 30, 30, 40 million. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, one of the things that I love to share with our audience is that when you get over $10 million of revenue, you're in the top 1% of businesses out there today. Um, and so, you know, it's not that you're not good. It's not that you're, you know, I mean, you, you, uh, you should need to be congratulated. You're doing great, incredible things, but we're talking about the, the moving the widgets part. We're talking about the, you know, we're, we're talking about doing business, working, you know, in the business, but sometimes that working on the business, especially within the family business, we get a little off track because sometimes we run the business almost like we ran the family. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it's hard, it's hard for folks to separate, separate the situation, you know, like giving, for example, like putting, putting, you know, you never would put someone in a position where you're paying them six figures a year um, to do a $10,000 a year job. Um, but you do it for your daughter. Yeah. You know, so that's, that, those are the things that happen. And then, you, and then you act like it's normal and fine. But then meanwhile, 
you know, you've got employee, the CFO, who's not even a family member is like, what the hell's going on here? You know, it just, it just creates all sorts of, of challenges, you know? Um, I mean, if you want to give someone money, then give them money, but you tie it, tie it to, to the business, it's going to impact the overall, you know, the, the overall what's going on. Right. Right. And it's, it's a slippery slope, isn't it? It's, you know, these things don't start out with going from, Hey, come on in, you know, my daughter, and I'm going to give you a, you know, a six figure job out of the gate. It's, you know, we might've, might've initially started her at $40,000 or $20,000, but then, you know, she needed a yeah. raise. She right. needed something else. And, but, and we, and we lack a culture of accountability that we expect for our non-family members, but we don't right. always expect the same for family members. Right. And the, and the really, the interesting issue about that particular project was, is that, um, well, so what, when I started working with people, I, I started working with the family members one-on-one -on -one and, okay. and then collectively as a group, both, because I can't, I can't out coach the, as a, if I'm working with a group, I can't out coach the level of the, of the, you know, the, I'll call it the, the lowest level or the highest level of dysfunction within an individual in relationship to that group. Cause as long as I'm working around it. Right. And come to find, you know, doing, doing purpose work, vision work um, with the daughter is that she didn't want to be there. She wasn't even interested in being there. And quite frankly, she wanted to pursue uh, a career in the medical profession, which had nothing to do with the businesses they were in, zero. And she was afraid to bring it up because she thought that, you know, it would, it would disappoint her, her father. And there was, you know, and so there's also this relationship of wanting her dad to be proud of her and all those other business. And so needless to say, we worked through that. And um, through the transition, she was exited out of the business Everyone was happy and amicable, and um, she was able to pursue. Um, in fact, several years later, uh, I got an email from her um, out of the blue, and I, initially I was like, well, "Who's who's this?" And I, I couldn't I couldn't connect the, the dots right away um, because um, she had been married, and so she didn't have the same last name as the rest of the family, and whatnot. Right? I'd forgotten. And needless to say, it was a big a picture of her um, dressed as a nurse, and just she just got back from some volunteer work that she did, and. And um, just thanking me, and I thought, wow, how how cool is that, right? How cool is that that you know she was able to really pursue what what she really wanted um, in her life. And then today, the other uh, the the, fat, the dad's passed on, and then the other two brothers are still in the business. That's great. You know, we we forget that as parents, one of the biggest jobs that we have is to help. You know, it's not always about us, right? It's not about preserving our legacy or what we mm -hmm. perceive as legacy, which, you know, is really easy to project onto the next generation, the rising generation. And what, where we really need to be thinking about is how do we help every family member pursue their genius, pursue their happiness and, and, and help them to do that. And that's that recipe for that ha happy, healthy family, right? Um, right. Yeah. And it's, it's tough because you've got, you've got two different, you know, it's like, if you look at how people normally navigate their life experience and in relation, and this is a, probably the part of the work, my work that makes it probably a bit different is we oftentimes are making decisions in relationship to what we decide that isn't totally truly aligned with what we want at the truth of ourselves we're reflecting like what do, you know what's a family member want for us what's a friend want for us what society want for us we're, we're constantly programmed in regards to how we like to find what's this, what success look like what it what really is success um what you know what's quality of life called all these things that you know we don't look at it this way but in essence that's kind of what's happening and we've created this um this model of the world and how we truly want to navigate and drive these outcomes. And typically for business owners, um, people in that people that are at the helm of a business, they're motivated by one of three things. It's either I want more power or authority. I want more, uh, I want to be number one, or I want to be known. So each of these, these are three realms that people can uh, pursue, these high achievers will pursue. And they're nice, but they only get you so far. 
because fulfillment's not found in being number one. Happiness is not found in having power and authority. I mean, these are things that we would, you know, again, it's not, lo it's not logical, it's just the orientation. So you've got that sense of order. And so you're trying to satisfy these conditions to drive your happiness, your peace, fulfillment, your joy, and can't figure out why you're not getting there. Can't, you know, there's, there's something absent. And what's absent is, is that you really truly haven't orientated to building a, a life that's tied to your purpose because your purpose isn't tied to being number one or you know having this power authority though your ego is and so with the work that i do there's one part of transcending the ego and there's another part of really dialing into what's our true purpose and what's what's that mean as we unpack that and then how do we build a life that that pulls us that way so we can we can make better choices and decisions. Love it, love it. It's it's really you know at the end of the day, it's not something that we talk about on a regular basis. We're not taught this stuff that you know our our how we think and how we act can actually be different. And when we have that you know cognitive dissonance happening, it just it just causes all kinds of issues in what we're trying to at the end of the day, what's really important to us, right? That's right. That's right. Talk about let's and we want to keep going back to this family if you don't mind because I just think it, it really it's helpful to keep pulling it back together. Yeah. So you put a proposal together for them, you know, and said you know here's what it looks like, and I'm sure today that that proposal might look a little different. But what is how does what does a proposal from Chris Yonker's organization look like? You know, what is the kind of like the process that you that you talk about in the beginning before you start doing it? Yeah, well, there's, there's always several stages. And the first stage really is, we call it the blind spot discovery. It's in essence, you know, all right, you've got some clarity in what you, maybe, and maybe it's, you know, it's, you still don't know what you want. Like in a family business, it could be, I don't even really know if I want to pass this on to my kids holistically, if I want to bring someone else in. I don't know if we're going to sell this thing. I mean, I'm working with a family business right now. I'm like, well, Maybe we sell it and then just go do something else as a family. I mean, there's has never been a better time in history for a lot of businesses to sell right now. So there's that's yeah. a, that's on the table. Um, and so you say, well, you know, so you say we start. We know what you want. We don't. It's, you may have a lot of questions, and that's okay. It's really understanding where are we, period. And the blind spot discovery, in essence, what we're, we look to do is, um, and we just we're just finishing one up for a, a client right now. Where you know we're interviewing um, em employees, key stakeholders. We're interviewing um, it could be partners, strategic partners in the marketplace. We're interviewing customers, so the top customers, and we're just looking at you know what who are, who 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 are we? What do we have to do? And we're looking at organizational health. We're looking at leadership. We're looking at client experience, and we're looking at the partnerships in the market. And then we're looking at the overall marketplace and where the business is going. And then we assess, okay, well, here's, here's kind of where we are. And it, the bottom line is whether someone's passing it on, whether someone's selling the business internally, whether someone's selling the business externally, whether someone decides to convert the business to an ESOP, we can go on all the options. There isn't a time that I found that anyone wanted to transition a business and have the business worse off when they transition. Right. hundred percent. Right? So- so in essence, it's like, where, where are we against that? And if we're going to, if you're looking at the idea of succession, then that means you have to take the, lead, the leader, the owner, depending on if they're in the business and involved with the business, let's assume that they are, which a lot of cases they are, then you, you need to make them insignificant to the business. So what's that mean? Right. right. So what's that mean? Right. I have to make them insignificant. So I, I have to look at what are they doing? I have to look at where they're involved. I have to look at, you know, I, I've had I've had clients, several clients that say they want to be no longer at the helm of the business. They still want to be involved, but they want to be I want a backseat now and I still want to be part owner. But I want to just think that it's like a multi-stage. Right. And which is totally cool to do. And the biggest issue in some of these cases is is control. Is control. So needless, you know, they don't know that, right? But they have control issues. So, but bottom line is that the first stage is is a discovery, and then we're able to say, okay, where are we at? What are you know? What are we doing well? Where are our, what are our risks right now? Where are the opportunities for growth? 
Um, you know, and then, and then estimates, we come up with some recommendations and it's all based on observations. There's no judgment. It's just this, this is what we heard from your clients. This is what your employees said to us. This is what, you know, you don't, no, no one really, when we asked them what your core values were, no one could answer that question. Yeah. Right. We asked them, where's the business going to be in five years and where they saw the business going. They couldn't answer the question. And it's not, and so that tells us that you haven't defined it, or if you have, you have done a poor job integrating it for people to own it, understand it. And it's, it's again, not judgmental. It's just where we're at. And then, then now we can at least come up with from there, that's stage one from there. Then now we can come up with three initiatives. So let's just find three things that we agree are the biggest levers to pull right now. Is it developing certain people? Is it bringing other people in and whatever that is, and then also on that next stage, it's work, me working with the owner, the CEO, the, the family, with each member and really working through our, our purpose and vision process that we've laid out so that they can really get clear. Because like, I don't know, like, should you sell it? I don't know what we should do. Why not? Because we haven't really articulated what you want your life to look like. We haven't really articulated where your core values are that we have to make sure we protect because core values can be at risk doing during a transition or through a transition. So what are we looking to protect? And then, then from there, then it's like, okay, how do we, uh, all of our clients, they want to keep their legacy. They want to protect the family. They want to protect the key stakeholders. And, you know, they, they want, they want on the other side of whatever this is, they, they want, they want opportunity for, for everyone involved per se. So that's, right. that's a top, you know, because a rough, rough answer to your question. No, 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 that's great. And, you, and we, we kind of boil that down to, am I okay? Is my family okay? Uh, is, you know, is, and then is my employee okay? And then finally, after that, then I can think about is the greater community okay? Yeah. And, you know, what, what does this mean for, you know, outside of that arena? I think you've done a, you know, a really fabulous job in tackling and diving into an arena that I don't think is often talked about enough. And, you know, and that is that, that CEO taking the time to step back to create the vision for what he or she really, really wants. And it's not just the CEO, but even the, you know, some of the other stakeholders, like you said, you know, the daughter didn't even really want to be a part of the business right. but because the family's not having conversations and i always you know uh, i am a, a fan i don't know if you know tom deans at all or if you've heard that name but uh, he wrote a book called every family's business and in there it's like 12 questions that every family should be doing and and his family had this really neat process where you know each generation they sold the business so they had three generations of entrepreneurs but every generation sold the business because they protected the wealth that way because they didn't know if they had somebody coming up behind them or who was going to want to do it. And, and, and so in his book, he created just a little twist and just said, if somebody wants to take their hard-earned money and invest in the family enterprise and put skin in the game, that's a game changer in terms of whether they want to or not. That's somebody that really wants to make that happen. He said, right. on an annual basis, at least be talking about, you know, if you're all in the business together, do you want to buy my shares? If you don't want to buy my shares, then you're an employee and that's perfectly okay. But we don't have these conversations ever. I mean, it's, right. you know, they, ju they just don't happen. And so when we, so now as a, as a, as a CEO, I have a vision for what I want in the business. I have a vision of what I need to protect for myself, right? Is that, you know, so it's what are my core values and my core right. purpose? How do I get those things fulfilled when I leave? The, you know, how's right. what, what's going to happen? Maybe I don't. Right. Maybe I'm not letting go because because I don't know how that's going to get fulfilled otherwise. Absolutely, and I then to me, it's it's personal first. It's always personal first. Okay, because you know, the way I look at it is our business should fit into our life. Our life doesn't have you know should fit into our business. Sure. And though people may have, you know, not oriented that way initially, at the end of the day, you know, we realize that we're all, you know, we're all going to die. But it's like life's life's short, and so you know, and a lot of the clients I work with are anywhere from most of them are, I don't know, it could be it could be forty to seventy, really, quite frankly, right? right? Somewhere somewhere in that 
you know, I'll call it as in forties, kind of like sort of the midlife range ish about coming into the idea of, and that's when you start assessing things and start checking in. But just as you're saying, if my identity is tied to my business, which I may have said that, but that's typically the case, especially with a, a business where you're dealing with first gen founding the business, that's even more the case there. Then who am I? And actually that's part of the process. That's actually one of the questions we go through. And it's a, it's a pretty deep question. You know, who, you know, what do I believe about myself? What do I believe about, you know, and, and that is like, well, what am I going to do? Like, how am I going to be happy? Well, if I've created these conditions in my business where I got to fix problems in my business to drive my, my significance in life, there's an opportunity there. If you wanted to, you could either say, okay, I got to find a place to do that over here, or perhaps you could change, grow and heal some of that so that it's not necessary. And you could still, not that you wouldn't not do something, but maybe it's you'll serve on the board later on. Maybe it's you'll start a nonprofit. I mean, they can go on a list, but that those, those ideas come later once we really get clear on your purpose. And the purpose, in essence, is tied to three things. It's number one, your core values. What is it that you really hold to be your core values? And we could have a process to do that. Two, what is your vision in life? And the vision, we have a hierarchy of fulfillment that we go through. It starts with spirituality, and then it works its way up through health, health and well-being, mental, emotional, and then to loving relationships, and then on, on into society, experiences you want to create, et cetera. And then it gets to business and finance, and everything that's going to drive all that stuff that starts foundational up. So you got core values, you got the, the, the 360 vision, and then the third piece is, what are your gifts? What are your talents? What are your strengths? What are your attributes? And we have assessments that we go through to really get clear on where your, you know, where, where your gifts are. And we take those three things, we overlay them, and then that creates an essence, you know, the 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 purpose, the where where, where it is that we want to be on point in someone's orientation. Love it. I mean, and think about man, you know, I, I the statement that's popping in my head right now is. If I only knew then, you know, if I only knew now what I, or if I only knew then what I know now, right? And, yeah. and that exercise is not done. It's not talked about anywhere for the most part. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about it, but I mean, you know, it's yeah. not part of everyday conversations. That's right. And I can think of, you know, several people who are just, they live, the ego drives. That's right so much you know and and so it's like you know the world sees them as this philanthropist this giver you know this you know just all these wonderful things and that's how the world perceives them but then the people closest to them may see you know that person that all they do is think about you know it's their them first it's, you know, it's, it's, I have moments where I erupt because I didn't get my way or, or it's, you know, about my time and my work and the business. And right. Yeah. And we change our orientation. I have a client I've been working with for a couple of years now and he did sell his business. We weren't sure that first year he wasn't sure what he was going to do. And, and he was telling me that now he's, he's got some other things we're, we're involved with and still working with him. And, but he told me the other day something that came up and he goes, you know, when this happened in the past, the old me would have left, not stayed home for dinner, went and gone to the office and worked on this problem until whenever it was fixed. And the new me, so I can work on this tomorrow. And I, you know, and I stayed home and did X, Y, and Z. And, and he said it, but he said, it's just, it's a different orientation, right? Because I, you know, if I say I love my family and, and, you know, these things, then my time, energy, and effort should be focused on them. It shouldn't, they shouldn't get the leftovers. A hundred percent. And it's, it's funny because I was exposed to this kind of thinking early on, you know, just reading books like, you know, Think and Grow Rich and, you know, The Power of Positive Thinking and, you know, to, to people that had those kinds of concepts for me, it took me years to be open to really understanding them. It was one thing to read them. It was another thing to embrace them 
and start to engage in them. And I think that was, you know, in part my ego. Um, it, it was really hard to like kind of let go a little bit. And mm. in recent years, you know, it's you know, even my wife, we were just talking about this the other day. She's like, the old you would not have been able to say, I'm frustrated. I just need a minute. You would have like stomped out and been all mad and angry. And you know, like, you just told me that you just needed a second to like process the emotion. That was pretty cool. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and that's the kind of thing that I think that as leaders, um, you know, you're you, the, the most, you know, it's that, that D personality or the A type personality, whatever you want to call it, that rugged individualist who, you know, it's my way or the highway. And I have to make these things happen because if I don't make them happen, my family doesn't eat. If it's, especially in that first generation, you know, they're, they're doing it for, mm -hmm. you know, it's not, there's, there's typically an embedded, you know, reason as to, you know, where it came from. It wasn't just because I had this great idea and I wanted to do it. There was a drive that really pushed it to another level and unpacking those two pieces gets kind of tough. Yeah. Um, let's talk about, you know, and, and you've done a, a bunch of this. So I, you know, we had, now that I'm, I'm armed with my vision and I understand, you know, my, my purpose and my core values. And, and I have this vision for my world, and, and you've talked about how do you blend that with the business and the transition and, and putting all those pieces together. You also talked about, I, want, I, don't want, I want to make sure that people caught it. You talked about basically you're, you're creating this map for where they are right now. And that map has all of my vendors and my customers and my key employees and you know the sandbox that we play in and what we're really good at in a SWOT analysis and, and putting all that on one page. I'll tell you what, I have not walked into any business ever where the owner said, you know, that they can, it's all in their head, but when they see it on paper, it's so much different because there's patterns and there's things that, that happen inside of their, you know, add my competitors on there. What do my competitors do well versus what we're doing? It's a big difference. So now I've got my vision. I've got my map of where I am today. And now I'm going to start working through a process that's multifaceted talk about that a little right, bit more so and then so then in essence you, you see you've got so now we got the personal so say the personal side kind of laid out a little bit right and then we've we've assessed where the business is at well, the next the next order business is okay well based on what i'm trying to drive for myself and the family where where ideally do we want our business so we got we got the the core values of the business, which we'll make sure we define if we haven't already. And then the mission of the business, make sure that's defined if we haven't, like, why do we exist basically? Well, why do we exist? And then the vision, you know, the vision is, is oh, where, where are we going, right? Where are we going? What, what, where, where is it that we're headed? And where do we want to, we would want to do? And it's, you know, working with a, a family owned um, food and beverage company right now. And more is not always better. Let's say, let's just say they're, you know, let's, I'll just throw a number out. This for, you know, this is not the accurate number. Let's just throw one out. So let's say they're at 15 million. Just because they're at 15 million doesn't need that they should be at 45. Maybe they, maybe 25 is perfect for them. And then we can look at where do they make their most money, right? Where are they most profitable? What's, what's their, you know, wh wh where is it that, they, they make the, the biggest difference, the biggest impact where, you know, their edge and where, and then where are their opportunities to grow that edge in, in the marketplace? So there's, there's, a, there's, so there's the path of the business and where we want the business to go. And, and, you know, and, and you can also look at, um, I, I am not a, a traction implementer, but systems like traction, I have clients that work with traction. They're, they're really good, right? Like yep. what, and I, I believe every company needs to have uh, process in how they at 3M we used it process I built process out there's got to be some level of process of okay what's our strategy and then what's our execution like how do we going to execute against that and I believe in a quarterly basis that's tied to where we want to go for the year uh, I, I believe that that 90 day windows are, are really pretty essential and with that being said at that same time wings we're working on is the organizational health 
Let's work on, you know, we work through Patrick Mencioni's work, the five dysfunctions of the team where let's get people, let's get, let's improve vulnerability. Let's get artificial harmony out uh, of the equation as much as possible. Um, and with that in a leadership team, and then that also with who else do we need to develop on the leadership team? Do we need other people and where do we need to raise, raise our levels there? And then there's some mentoring that my, myself and my team will do with that leadership to help that leadership team to help them individually develop. And then we're doing working sessions as we lay out these priorities and say, okay, let's start, let's get everyone rowing together um, in relationship to, you know, you get, you got to take self-interest off the table when you're in an organization from department department, right? And so how do we get these departments to like, you know, the, the goal of any type of succession, the goal of really even transitioning a business is getting everyone to understand that if we all agree to the, the vision, mission, and core values of our company, where our business is going, and I have this overarching direction of the business, if I believe that I do what's best here is also what's good for me here, then I'll, ma I'll march into that. And if I believe that that's taken away from me, then that's where the issues come. And if I, my, the biggest sales job, I guess you could say for me is in, you know, influencing people uh, in a positive way to realize that truly, if we do what's do best for the greater whole, it's good for you as well. It's not taking anything away from you and you can still get to where you want to go by, 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 you know, committing to the, to the overall mission of what we want. And, and I think if you look at any contributor and organization, any key stakeholder, and any time there's succession or transition on the bit and the table, and I know you, I know you know this, Michael, but is that everyone's going like, what does that mean to me? Am I going to be, you know, what, what's going to happen to me with all this, right? So we've really got to. I, I put that. It's like, hey, man, if we don't fill in those blanks. Do they hear about right. them? Do they do they, do they know do that you can get them to where they want to go? And the only way they'll know if you can get them to where they want to go is if you know where the hell they want to go. Smart, very smart. Yeah, it's I'm laughing as you're talking about this because last Thursday and Friday we did a two-day kickoff and it was my second take on working with this company. They kept pushing me off. You know, they, that, you know, two years ago we started, then they're like, nah, we don't want to do this. And then, you know, they're like, all right, you're right. We have to do this if we don't do this. And that was the family allowing non-family members from that are part of the leadership team mm -hmm. to create the plan together. Because if, you know, in my opinion, if they're not working together to create that plan, they don't get way in, how are they going to buy in? And, and so as we're going through the, what happened two years ago is there was lots of ideas, very little, very little commitment to a direction. And I, you could just see the same thing happening. So I just pulled it back up again. I had talked about Pat's triangle, you know, and it's uh, the pyramid rather. And it's yeah. like, look at you guys say you trust each other. And I, and I believe that you trust each other because I can see that you're you're having conflict about really good things and nobody's nobody's afraid of that conflict. It's really good. But where you guys stink is that you gotta need to commit to something. And it just followed, you know, and so we went back to it. I said, look, here's the deal. You have 15 minutes to make up what are the top three priorities for this year. And you are gonna commit to them and we're going to go forward with it because we just, it's time. And so they worked through and in 15 minutes, it was crazy. They were able to come up with, you know, the, the, their three priorities. But to your point, I think that there's some other underlying things. So I'm, I, I'm not an attraction implementer. I utilize uh, metronomics, the, the three head way, which they're all coming from the same, you know, world. In, you know, we talk about the cohesive system, which is that trust and the all, you know, powered by Patrick Lencioni and getting those things to happen. But I, you know, there's, there's that individual piece of each of the leadership team members, you know, go back, what, what's everybody's favorite radio station, right? What's in it what's for me, WIIFM. So that's, uh, I, I, I might have, I might have a little bit more work to do back there to go, to take a step back to say, you know, where do you all want to go? What is going on for you so that they can, they can be there? This is powerful, powerful stuff. I really appreciate, you know, everything that you're sharing. Um, 
once we start to have this these conversations where you know we are blending the business strategy and the leadership and 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 at the end of you know the 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 psychological insights from kind of like your NLP and, and a lot of times let me just hit NLP real quick neuro linguistic programming a lot of times when people hear those words they're like you know, oh, you know, they, it's like, what, what, what's he going to do? Brainwash me? And then that's not it at all, is it? I mean, NLP is all about, it's the words that we say in our own brains and how they impact our lives. And I mean, you may have a better way to explain yeah. that. Why don't you do that real quick? Um, well, in essence, we all have a model of the world and our model of the world is constructed of our, our paradigms, our beliefs, our constructs, if you will. In relationship to everything, who we are, how the world works, I mean, down, down to the core. And yes, correct, our language is a big part of, of it, right? We take in, we're taking our, our world from our visual, auditory, kinesthetic, you take, you take your five senses, and we bring all that in, and then our, our subconscious mind filters that information out and determines um, our response and our emotional response and it, it unconsciously anyway. And it, in essence, it, it's how we make decisions and it's how we orientate ourselves. And it's even how we can show up as a person, quite frankly, and how we behave. And if you're looking to fundamentally drive any type of change personally, it's a very powerful system to drive change. It's really NLP at the root of it is about changing. And so as you become a practitioner, you're able to help unpack how someone really, what, what's driving them and then help them create new frames. And or in, 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 in essence, what my, my goal is to help challenge the beliefs that we hold that are not, that are not beliefs that are helping us get to where we want to go, that are disempowering, if you will. Right. And um so that's, 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 that, that's, and I, and, and I've chosen to center a lot of my work there around that mindset because the mindset drives everything. I, I remember I was working with someone in sales a long time ago and she was like, well, so your, your, your philosophy is that there's, that, that sales is about psychology and that, that, but that's, that's your take on sales. I'm thinking like, well, is there really another take? <laughs> like it's, I, I, I'm like, I, I was really having a hard time with that. I still, I still do. You know, like, what's the other take? Like it, it is psychology. Right. It's, it's all psychology because it's what our thinking's what either whether it's consciously what we're, where we're aware of it or subconsciously we're unaware, it still drives everything. And so, uh, and it just, and for me, it, I, I've had NLP gave me the ability to understand a lot of what came to me naturally. Um, but I just, it wasn't aware um, that, it, that, you know, so it, I was able to, it, it, it helped, it really helped me amplify my gift. Yeah. And, and I will throw in, you know, that I am not a practitioner of NLP. I, somewhere along the lines, as I, as I open up my time slots a little bit more, I think I would like to spend some time in it because, you know, whether, you know, I, I look back today, I can, I can think about my emotions. I can I, I can put my fingers on what am I feeling and why am I feeling it? Where where what are these things that are triggers? And you know those triggers happen to us over and over again. And the question then becomes, you know, do you scratch that record? And that's kind of what NLP does is you have this habit, and normally when this happens, your emotional response is X. You know, Y happens and your response is X, and you don't even there's no not even a millisecond in between what happened and the, and, the, and the response and and what NLP does is kind of scratches that record and allows you to react to to what's going on so that you can actually put your fingers on and say oh I'm feeling that old trigger again hold on a second do, you know and where do I go with this yeah yeah you can you can basically create a new and it was rewi basically rewiring you know your in regards to how how something affects you and it and it's extremely powerful i love it I, yeah i love it and i know a lot of people that may be listening to this say oh that sounds touchy-feely and that's you know and, that's, and that's exactly. your belief that's your model of the world you call it what you want exactly 
and that it, right but at the end of the but at the end of the day you know you don't have to understand the rules of gravity but if you drop that pencil it's yeah. still falling to the floor yeah and and once you start to understand that our brains are just a computer and you know that it it, it just has been programmed over your whole entire lifetime right. and like it or not you know some of that wiring is really good and that's probably what drove the success of your business um, but if you're, if you're stalling, if there's things that are happening, like, you know, what if I'm 68 years old and I've said for the last 10 years, I want to retire. I want to pass this on. <laughs> I might've even, I might've even, you know, passed on the business to my daughter and I may not be the owner any longer, but I'm still running the company because, you know, I just haven't, I I haven't been able to extract myself because of that word that you said before control and my yeah. view of the world and my thinking around what this company needs. And for goodness sake, there's 150 families here that, you know, depend on me. And so now I'm still working 50 or 60 hours a week at 68 right. years old. And that was not what I had intended. Yeah. Well, I mean, you said something pretty powerful is that if you know, any high achiever or anyone who's created success, you've developed these amazing strategies and habits. Those amazing habits and strategies almost always don't get you to the next place you want to go. Mm. They'll get you to that point in your business, but they become the prison that holds you back from the next thing. And that's, that's where, you know, that's, that's the power of, of the work, quite frankly. And I think the essence is, is that, like you just said, you also said, which is, I was really, really great in relationship to the, all the conditions of why I can't, I've been wanting to, but I can't. Right. And when we get into the, the, I can't, it's, you know, in essence, it's called a story. Yeah. And the story is, is the illusion that we we've created for ourselves that first we have to believe it for us. And then it's, you know, so we'll, because we're going to sell it to other people, but first person we got to sell it to is ourselves. Now this doesn't happen consciously, but we create a story of why we can't. And then we own that story until someone like myself comes along potentially uh, or Michael and says, Hey, um, there's your story is a bunch of bullshit. And here's why. And exactly. That's, Somebody's that's gonna it. call that's BS. It. So that, that, and so that that that's in essence it. You know, as long as you want to keep that. You know, and I had, I had a CEO I was talking to a month ago, and we were talking about something. And he, he was one of those things. Well, I I'd like to do this, but blah 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 blah. And he's done very well. And I'm like, I'm like, all right. You have forty million dollar business. You've got a COO, and I, I kind of knew a little bit about what was going on. I'm like, it's got a lot more control of his time then I, I believe. Um, so I'm like, well, where, where is this story coming from that you don't have time to focus on and make this a priority right now? And he, boy, he did, he's like, you know, I, he said, I, I love and hate you at the same time. <laughs> like, he didn't really, you know, he's like, you know, I like, is either you're going to hang up or we're going to keep talking because the question's on the table and you realize that the question had validity. Yeah. Yeah. Now I love and hate you at the same time myself because I said something earlier about I want to you know dive into NLP but I don't have the time right now <laughs> so so I guess you just it's called choice. me out didn't as you? long as you as long as you say it's a choice then just say it's a choice I'm choosing not yeah. to then that's all right a hundred percent uh me oh my Chris um if people want to get a hold of you you know where do they go yeah um it's Chris at ChrisYonker.com it's probably the best you know the, uh, and then the name of our, our business is the Center for Conscious Living and Fulfillment is the name of our organization. Um, and but Chris at ChrisYonker.com is probably the, the best the best resource, the best resource to go to. Um, and um, you know, you can sign up for newsletter. Um, and the, there's a website also mm -hmm. called the, the greatest years of your life.com. And um, there's also a you can get you can access the vision workbook there if you want, want to get a get a copy of it, the one I mentioned earlier. So love it you know it's you and i have had this is the we did a pre-show call that just was yeah. like i was like oh i can't wait to have this conversation with chris and, and here we are you didn't disappoint this is 
such powerful stuff. And one of the things that I just want to point out is you do have the newsletter. You do have some things that you can try. If you're listening to this, if you're a CEO that's just like been stuck and just can't figure those things out, give yourself the opportunity to be, you know, tap into the foo-foo, tap into the, this all soft stuff. And, 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 you know, the, you know, my brain or my psychological or my emotions uh, and just, you know, give it a second to, you know, try a, a newsletter or 10. And maybe it's the 10th one that you listen to. And I, and I say this because, you know, I had a book on the back of my toilet. It was just sitting on the back there. A friend had given it to me for four years, four years earlier. And it just sat there and sat there. And I just, for whatever reason, I couldn't pick it up. But all of a sudden, you know, I just looked at it one day and I said, oh my gosh, that might have the answers that I'm thinking about. And it was all, you know, it was talking about your view of the world and the universe and how mm. it all comes together, which I was mm. totally four years earlier, I wasn't ready for it. Yeah. I couldn't, I wouldn't yeah. have been open to it because of where I was in my, in my space and my time. You know, what do they say? When the student is ready, the master will come. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I say that, that to everybody listening, you know, if, if this even strikes a, even a little tiny chord, sign up for, you know, go ahead. Sign there's up a, for there's a newsletter. book. There's a book, too. Uh, I did wrote a book. I wrote a book. It's on Amazon called Soul Intention, S-O-U-L. Um, and then there's a podcast too. Secret Thoughts of CEOs uh, is the podcast, too, on Apple, Spotify, Amazon. So, yeah. Love it. Well, thank you. Chris Yonker, thank you everybody. Thank you everybody for listening. Make sure you subscribe so that you can get on, you know, future episodes. My name is Michael Columbus with Family Wealth and Legacy, and you have been listening to the Family Biz Show. Thank you so much, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Family Biz Show. We appreciate your time and trust to deliver the best guests and most cutting edge information to help you maximize your family business. Being part of a family is tough. Add a business to that and it gets even tougher. Tune in next week as we strive to ease your journey with the Family Biz Show. The content presented is for informational and educational purposes. The information covered and posted are views and opinions of the guests and not necessarily those of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation. Michael Columbus is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation, a broker dealer, member SIPC, and registered investment advisor. Insurance offered through Lincoln Financial Affiliates and other fine companies. Family Wealth and Legacy LLC is not an affiliate of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation. Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You may want to consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances.